You're listening to the Franchise Freedom Podcast with Giuseppe Grammatico. Okay, and welcome to the Franchise Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Grammatico, your franchise guide, and wanted to thank everyone for joining us today. We have a very special guest and a very special episode. But before that, wanted to, to thank everyone for, for joining us. Uh, as you know, this show is for corporate executives looking to experience time and financial freedom. We talk a lot about business ownership for that first-time business owner. We talk about franchise ownership, and we try our best to answer any questions that you have via you know some of the responses and emails that I get. We, we have stories of people that have gotten into uh, uh, business ownership and um, really excited to answer your questions. If you have any additional questions or uh, any comments to the show, feel free to comment right here on YouTube or uh, send us over an email. So jumping right in, we have my buddy today, Lisa McGill from Home Franchise Concepts. Lisa, Lisa welcome to the show, if I can talk today. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here, Giuseppe. Awesome. Well, uh, I, bef- before we jump in, I wanted to give a, a quick little bio. So oh, here we go. So Lisa has owned, and I lost my screen, uh, has owned and operated several businesses in, my, in her career and entered franchising back in 2014 on the development side. Um, Lisa has been with Home Franchise Concepts uh, going back to 2018 as a franchise licensing advisor and loves helping people find a great business that fits their goals and lifestyle. Lisa has two daughters, two dogs, and a wonderful husband. I like that. Wonderful is a, is a good one. We, and resides in Ormond Beach, Florida. So Lisa, welcome again to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm, uh, I'm excited. And uh, before we, we, uh, we dive in, I, you know, for, for all the, the listeners, Lisa and I have something uh, in common, and we talk about this at length, and that's our love for Christmas and putting up our, I just put up my Christmas tree and, and, and I think uh, we're competing Lisa's this weekend. So, um, and, and Christmas movies. So I, I know you had the first a, one. Yes. So I had the, I got the tree up, but yes, you, you did watch the first movie. So what, what was the, um, I know um, who, who was the actor in the movie we just, uh, were just it, talking it about? It was the new Lindsay Lohan movie. <laughs> that is absolutely a chick flick. So um, gentlemen, I will uh, recommend that you leave this to your wives and your daughters. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, check it out. I, I have to Google it for, for um, my daughter. I'm sure would, would love the yeah. movie. So, but yeah, every year we kind of talk about what movies you've seen and the, the movies, uh, which we didn't touch a uh, touch on. We could talk after the show, but uh, some of the movies kind of uh, comparing lists uh, and, and making sure we have watched them all. But anyway, Giuseppe, it, you, you need to provide your viewers with a list of all of the movies okay. that you have watched at Christmas. I will actually the the one so the so the one movie and we'll leave it at this and I, I'll definitely put together a list. So the one uh, movie that most people I talk to have never heard about, which has become a favorite in our household, is with um, James Gandolfini, Ben Affleck, uh, Surviving Christmas. I'd say nine out of ten people I talk to have never heard of the movie. So one one to check out. Um, it's one of our favorites. I I got it on the DVR every uh, every December. So. Check that out. No, I don't get any promotion or any royalties, but um, definitely, uh, definitely recommend it. So, and if you don't like it, it's Lisa's fault. With that being said, <laughs> I just added it to my list. I'm going to let you know what I think about it. Oh, you haven't seen it? Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 I want to. I want to. I want to know about that one. So, okay. 
All right. Christmas aside, Lisa, tell us a, a little bit about yourself and, and how you got into franchising. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I, as you mentioned, I did own several businesses on my own. Um, and I was in a situation where I was looking at franchises. Mm-hmm. And I worked with a couple different franchise consultants at the time uh, to look at several franchises. And in that process, um, I was recruited by a franchise, a mm-hmm. privately owned franchise. Um, some people know it, some people don't. It's called Wild Birds Unlimited. They have about 350 units uh, in the United States and Canada, fantastic privately owned franchise that was based right in Indianapolis where I was living at the time. And interestingly enough, another business that I had, they happened to be a client of mine. And so I knew the executive team very, very well. Um, They have a fantastic VP of ops, um, who's an executive vice president now, Amy Moore, and um, very innovative uh, on the operations side, and a wonderful chief development officer, Paul Pickett, very well known in franchising today. Um, He has actually chaired uh, the Franchise Development Conference, so many franchising people know Paul. And I was brought on that team to basically learn franchising from the ground up on the development side, meaning learning how to recruit and educate and train owners. So that's where I got my part. I was with them uh, for four years. And then um, at the time, I knew that I was moving to Florida, so moving away from Indianapolis. And I thought, well, I don't want to leave franchising. I love the development side. And at that time, um, you know, I had gotten to know quite a few people in franchising. And I knew Jonathan Thiessen, who's the chief development officer here at Home Franchise concepts and they had a wonderful reputation. They um, they were the kind of company that I thought, oh, I could only dream of being asked to be part of their team. Mm-hmm. So I went to work uh, to figure out how could I make um, m- what I could bring to the table attractive to the Home Franchise Concepts uh, development team. And fortunately for me, it worked. And Jonathan, who goes by JT, he's also very beloved in the franchise industry. Everybody knows JT. Um, he's often sought after um, on panels and for his expertise. And he brought me on the HFC team. And at the time, we were just three brands. Uh, we were just budget blinds, our flagship, um, tailored living from your garage, which was one brand at the time and concrete craft. And today we're nine brands. Uh, so we've grown a lot since 2018 and, uh, I've been on that team ever since. And I absolutely, um, made a good choice. Love the leadership, love the organization. Um, I, this will be where I hang my hat for probably the rest of my career. That's awesome. Great. And, and it is great. Absolutely. Great company. Um, t- so home, home franchise concepts, you said it's a total of nine brands. What, what are those brands? Yeah. So, uh, budget blinds is our flagship. Um, it's in its 30th anniversary this year, budget blinds. If you look at budget blinds on most lists, um, like entrepreneur.com, it's always in the top 20 of all franchises. And you think, wow, you know, a, a window treatment company being in the top 20, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the the five college friends that originally started Budget Blinds had sort of a very novel idea about bringing um, in-home consultations Mm. uh, to the forefront of how you would buy window treatments um, and 
developing all of these vendor relationships um, that over 30 years has grown. We've grown to the largest supplier of window coverings in the world. Budget Blinds alone is a $1.3 billion organization, and we have over 1,400 units with Budget Blinds alone. So this is a massive organization, um, and in the process of building that company, these five guys grew with it, um, became very much beloved uh, to their Budget Blinds community of owners, and then they sold it uh, 25 years later. And in the process of selling it, Right before they sold it, they had also built another company called Taylor Living Premier Garage, which was through the acquisition of Premier Garage and also um, a company that they had homegrown called the Taylor Closet Closet Taylors, excuse Mm -hmm. me. And they put them together as the Taylor Living Premier Garage brand. And then they sold the company to a private equity firm called Trilantic. And Trilantic was a decent relationship, um, but it was different right? Then having these private owners, these original five guys that everybody loves so much. And I think, you know, there were a lot of owners that were really mourning um, private ownership going away. And so in typical uh, private equity form, they sold uh, the company in about Mm -hmm. four years. And at that time, our leadership said, you know what, we don't want to do this private equity play. We really want to go back to private ownership. So how are we going to find a fantastic private owner for our company that has really grown. I mean, you know, Budget Blinds is a very large, very successful system at the time. Concrete Craft was still very young. Taylor Living had really grown. Um, and along came JM Family Enterprises. And we were fortunate enough that they chose us. And it, we have just been excited ever since. We kind of, we all said to ourselves, we have to pinch ourselves that that actually happened, that we got to be privately owned again. Um, and we can talk about that in, in just a little bit. But in the mm. process of JM Family purchasing us, we that just, that was, um, gosh, that was 2019. So, mm. um since then, we've grown to nine brands and we have added to budget blinds. We've added uh, kitchen tune-up and bath tune-up, which were acquisitions, Aussie Pet Mobile, which was an acquisition, Two Maids and a Mop, which was an acquisition, um, uh, and Advana Clean. And so there's now there's these nine brands. And just recently, we bifurcated the Taylor Living Premier Garage brand back into two brands, the Taylor Closet and Premier Garage. So all home services um, types of businesses and um, all throughout um, the United States and several of our brands are in Canada as well. So you're creating almost like your, your own um, ecosystem where franchisees can all, right? Yes. They can all work with one another. Uh, so I guess let, let, let's talk a little bit about that because it's been a while since we talked about this concept, but you have a parent company that really is, 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 you know, handling multiple home services, right? So um, talk to us a little bit about the, the benefit of having that, that parent company. How does that, how does that benefit the, the franchisees if they're going from one ban- brand to the next or being able to refer the business to one another? Uh, talk to us a little bit just a kind of what, what a parent company brings to the table, both in training and resources, and then maybe being able to expand their brands by uh, their business by adding brands. Absolutely. So first of all, I I think the most important component in that is that um, we're privately held. And Mm. in the fact that we're privately held, this is a long-term play. So the difference between when we were a private equity um, stake and now being privately held is that private equity makes very short-term investments, right? 
if they make mm -hmm. much of an investment at all. Right. Um, JM Family makes millions of dollars worth of investments in us because it doesn't have to pencil out in four to five years when they're going to turn us over, right? right? They're not worried about you know, the immediate profitability of an investment decision. So what they're constantly doing is coming to our ownership, meaning our franchise owners, and they're saying, what do you need? And they're going down in the trenches, they're, they're, they're boots on the ground, figuring out what does each brand need to be the best in class, to have the greatest processes and systems for efficiency and profitability, and also for satisfaction, that our owners are happy in the businesses. So they're constantly evaluating this with each brand, and then they're creating new processes or providing new resources and making the investment in that. Now, when you have nine service brands, you have what we lovingly refer to as cross-pollination. Right. So what we did is we built an app, the Home Franchise Concepts app, that can be used to directly refer an, uh, a customer to another owner for those services. Oh, so wow. let's say there's someone from Budget Blinds in a customer's home and they say to them, hey, you know, I, I need my kitchen remodeled. Or mm. they notice that they're talking about getting their kitchen remodeled. They can say, hey, let me have our kitchen tune-up owner give you a call and come over and, and do a consult. So that app does that connection immediately in every mm. given market. So that's one thing. The other thing is when our owners want to expand to other brands within our system. Um, I have an owner right now that owns kitchen tune-up and bath tune-up in the mm. Minneapolis markets. And they just purchased uh, Tailored Closet and Premier Garage in the same market because they're using their warehouse, their install mm -hmm. teams, their similar processes going going on. And, you know, our owners will say things to us like, hey, every time I'm in a home and in today's contracting world, and I think most consumers would agree, that when you get a good contractor, what do you say to them? What else can you do for What me? else can you do? <laughs> can you hang this light? Can you remodel my bathroom? Anything. Can you put in the floors? Can you can build you a deck? Can you cook? Can you cook? Can you, are you, <laughs> you I mean, just basic, right. You, it's very, it's yeah. very hard to find that person. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, you don't want to start all over with yeah. a whole different company. And so that's what we're hearing from our owners and we're helping them get started in other brands so that they can leverage their teams and mm -hmm. build larger organizations, um, for obviously for, for better profitability, but they don't have to learn new operating systems. Right. They don't have to learn a whole new leadership team, right? It's all under the same umbrella. And so they have the comfort of being within the Home Franchise Concepts JM family community. And that's, I, I love that. And, and when I get the question, which is better, is it better to add an additional brand or add territory? And I said, well, th there's gonna be advantages to both. Um, you know, that with the territory, obviously you're going, you're sticking with what you know and going wider, but when you're adding brands in that market, it's a simple upsell. You know, your, your client acquisition cost truly drops because you're just going back to every homeowner that you just maybe install blinds for and just said, yeah. Hey, we have, you know, we can redo your kitchen. We can do, redo your bathroom. And, uh, so there's, there's definitely advantages to both. And sometimes it just comes down to the availability. There may just not be availability for additional territory. So you may, you may look to add an, an additional brand. So, um, which, you know, and we were talking about this kind of in the beginning. Uh, so with, with franchising, 
it's not, a, it's not the right fit for everyone. And I talk about this constantly and people ask me, well, why do you, why do you say that? Aren't you compensated when someone buys a franchise? And I said, absolutely. But at, at the end of the day, someone has to understand the value proposition of what a franchise is. And you're getting that proven system and that model and the infrastructure, the resources, and, and the list goes on. Uh, but that's, I don't, I don't consider that a pro or a con. It's basically, is it a good match for what you're looking for? Some people like to build from scratch and there's nothing wrong with that. And other people like myself, we're not creative. I just want, give me the system so I can run with it, be trained and up and running in, in as little as 30 days. So my point in that is that it's, it's not always a, a good fit, but also when it comes to the franchisor, um, it, it's a two-way street, right? You want to make sure that you know, the, the person looking at the franchise is interviewing, you know, your company, but you're also interviewing that, that prospective franchisee because at the end of the day, you want the match. They're going to be an extension of your brand. I do want to continue this uh, conversation, but just I'm going to do a quick little video from our show sponsor. We hope you're enjoying the show. This episode of Franchise Freedom is brought to you by the smbpodcastnetwork.com. The network is a collection of podcasts and shows from around the internet, which focus on bringing you interviews with amazing guests who share actionable advice, ideas, and information for small and medium-sized business owners and entrepreneurs. Visit www.smbpodcastnetwork.com to find more great shows and easily subscribe to be notified of new episodes. It's a great way to discover quality content. If you discovered us today via the network, then I hope you're enjoying the show and will consider subscribing directly so you never miss any of our great episodes. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what what that process looks like because I some of the comments I've received is like, well, if I have the money, you know, why wouldn't they approve me? So I want right. to talk about that idea that it is a two-way street. Just like you can pause the search on a brand, a brand may come back and say you're you may not be the best fit for that particular brand. 100%. So in our company, we like to talk about this in terms of what we call responsible franchising. Mm. Responsible franchising means that you are not bringing every single person that has a check to write into the fold. And, you know, from the standpoint of a franchise organization, you need to grow. You need mm. to bring on new franchise owners. However, we do it differently than most franchise organizations these days in that our entire advisory team, we're more educators. We are not a sales organization that then passes on the franchise owner to the franchise and says, see you later. And then we never see them again. You know, many franchises today are using franchise sales organizations called FSOs that all these organizations are, are hired to do is just to sell a franchise and then they pass them off to the franchise. But that salesperson doesn't live with that franchise owner. Mm -hmm. They don't talk to them again. They don't know how successful they are a year down the road, two years down the road. They don't hear the challenges they face. They don't share in the journey at all. And in our organization, all of those of us who are in the advisory department who are responsible for recommending potential owners into franchise uh, to, to sell a franchise to, mm -hmm. We will live with that owner for the life of them being an owner at home franchise concepts. Right. I talk to the owners that I help place in franchises mm -hmm. very regularly. I know how successful they are. Um, I, again, I know I had a, a conversation with a franchise owner this morning that was having a personal challenge and I am assisting that owner in terms of 
making sure that they're being heard about their personal challenge that they're facing so that we can come alongside them. And my relationship with the owners that I have helped to place is so personal and it becomes more personal through their journey of ownership. We consider that very responsible Mm -hmm. franchising that I don't have the authority to say, yep, I'm going to sell you a franchise and get some big commission for it. Instead, I'm working with my team, with everyone that comes through to say, this is why I think that this particular owner would be a good fit for this brand. I've checked my boxes off. This potential candidate has checked their boxes off. We think this could be a great match. Now let's meet the team Mm -hmm. and let's have some interviews with the executives and have everybody come together and say, do we think this is going to be successful? a successful relationship because there's that little thing in the item 20 of the franchise disclosure document for terminations and for, for franchises that people get into the business and, you know, sometimes they decide it's not a good fit or they have things that happen or maybe they're just terrible operators Mm -hmm. or they just really, you know, they just didn't understand what they were getting into and all of a sudden they're gone or they lose their investment. This Mm -hmm. happens in franchising. We do not want this to happen in our organization. We want people to get in, to go in very, very well educated, to have talked to to owners one-on-one, to have really lived the business, right, through their educational experience with us and their connection with the franchise community that already exists so that once they get into business, they say to us, yeah, I, I know what I'm getting into. I know right. it's going to be work. I know it's not automatic profitability, right, that I will have to show up and I will have to follow the system. So there's no smoke and mirrors here. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the kind of checks and balances that home franchise concepts, I think in today's franchising, I think that we are, as being as large of an organization as we are, I think we're somewhat unique. I I, I like that. And it, it is... Um I'm not going to say, I, I always say there's 4,000 franchise companies and not everyone does it the same. And the, the key there is that at the end of the day, there's a lot of due diligence, but you ha- with, with that franchise partner, they're also kind of monitoring things to make sure it's a good fit. Maybe it starts off great. Maybe it kind of just, you know, loses its, its luster. It kind of, you know, maybe they lose interest or they're realizing maybe it's, it's not the right fit, which, which is fine. I always say we, we want to come to some type of decision, whether it's yes or no, or both decisions. But at the end of the day, go back to why you're doing this in the first place. And the big thing is when I work with someone, that's the very, very beginning stages, right? Let's just figure out if a, you know, people want to jump into brands. Let's just figure out if business ownership and franchising is the right fit. Uh, we'll connect you with three, with three companies, but ultimately the, that journey is just beginning. They're going to be talking to, to you, right? They're going to be talking maybe about budget blinds, uh, to figure out maybe maybe budget blinds uh, wasn't the right fit after exploring it, and it was Advanta Clean or it was you know one of the other brands. But um, ultimately, there are different stages. I always say to everyone, and there's always progress. And if it, it you know we we always try to present two or three brands, and in some cases, all three don't work out, and we add a fourth. Sometimes it's the very first brand, but it's progress because once you make. Once you do the due diligence of what one brand, you start to learn how the FDD is laid out and it's, it's a franchise disclosure document and it's similar with all the brands. But I think being, and that actually may be the, the title of the show, uh, Responsible Franchising. I kind of like that. It has a nice, 
I jotted that down because I always I always look for show titles because it's like how many how many different variations of franchising can we can we put in the title? But I think that's that's huge because I think the common uh, misconception is you know the fran- the franchise company is making a ton of money on the sale of the business. And I'm not saying franchise companies don't, but their their interests and goals are aligned with yours. As you grow, the franchisor will do well, and so will the franchisee. So. Um, I think people just, they think, well, they're just here to sell me a franchise. And I said, no, that, that's not the case. This is a long-term, it may be a five, 10 plus year franchise agreement plus renewal. So it could be a 20 plus year um, you know, relationship. So they want to make sure bef- before getting into that relationship, it's a right fit for, for both sides. Right. Um, and I think right. people don't realize that. So I try to remind people, communicate with people that this is a long-term uh, commitment. So they want to make sure the wor- the worst thing they can have is just accept everyone. And then people just go out of business. And sometimes it's not the franchisor. And sometimes, and sometimes it is the franchisor. In some cases, it's the franchisee where they bought the wrong concept. Thanks for tuning in. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways Giuseppe can help. One, if you've ever considered owning a business of any kind, you owe it to yourself to get a copy of Giuseppe's book. Franchise Freedom. Download your free copy at ggthefranchiseguide.com slash book. Two, want to understand how successful executives make the transition from corporate to owning their own franchise? Join Giuseppe's next online presentation, Franchise Freedom, How to Escape the Corporate World and Have Financial and Time Freedom by Owning a Franchise by going to ggthefranchiseguide.com slash video. Three, Want to work with Giuseppe one-on-one to identify the right franchise opportunity for you to navigate the process and get plugged into experienced franchising advisors? Send him an email to gg at ggthefranchiseguide.com with one-on-one in the subject, and he'll send you all the details.